Good. Uh, right, this has come out partly from our uh, prophetic weekend we had uh, recently. But I think God's been speaking to us in various times uh, recently about prayer walking. And I know I've tended to think of it in terms of something which uh, we as elders need to get organised and something which uh, we haven't really had time to organise and so therefore tends to get put to one side. And one thing I felt God was saying uh, out of the prophetic weekend is that what we need to be doing in many ways is just changing our attitude to what we're doing normally. So, I don't know about you, but I often walk into town. Most of us walk, some people walk dogs, some people walk for various reasons. And I think what we need to be doing, to a large extent, is just changing our attitude when we're about town so that we don't just walk into town which is what I tend to do and look at the countryside and then the houses but actually be praying as we walk and I think there's two elements I felt God was speaking to me about and which I'm sharing with you one is sometimes just to change the route we take because I know for myself, I have fixed routes I tend to use. If I'm going from A to B, I go that way. If I'm going to C, I go that way. But, you know, so I'm, there's only certain places I tend to walk. But actually, if I adjusted my route slightly, I could walk somewhere else. And I was thinking, you know, what we need, should be looking to do is say maybe once, twice a week when we're out walking, just consciously choose to pray. Uh, I don't know how you pray about when you're walking. You can just pray generally. But sometimes if I see things, I use that just to trigger a prayer. I do know, uh, one person, as many decades ago, was saying, you know, when he's out walking, he prays. If he sees a nice car, he might say, oh, that's a nice car. Lord, if that's the sort of car you could get for me next time I buy a car, fine. You know? Yeah, or you could say, well, pray for that person driving the car. You know, we don't have to get super spiritual about this sort of stuff. You know, when you see something, and just respond to it and use it as a way of praying. You're seeing somebody struggling with children, pray for them. It might not be the right thing to go and offer a hand at the time, but you can pray for them. Pray for the people in the houses. And I think God is particularly laying on us that we ought to be prayer walking into the new estates coming up around. Now, obviously, if you live in one, that's a bit easier. But a lot of us, it wouldn't be too difficult to go through one and pray there. But as Ian was reminding us when we were meeting uh, earlier, you know, God's also sp spoke to us about going through the new estates, maybe in twos and threes. So it might not be something we can do on our own, 
but also maybe just arrange to meet up with somebody and go, you know, when you once a week or whatever, and go and pray somewhere. So we've got an opportunity this Sunday, because we haven't got somewhere we can physically meet, of us actually being out in the town praying for people. Now, particularly if, if I talk about prayer walking, it's something you, you've got to think, I've got a clue what to do with that, or I'm nervous about doing it. This would be a good opportunity to grab hold, well, not literally, but get hold of somebody else and say, can I come with you and go prayer walking together? You know, show me how to do it. Or show me how you do it. You know, and that might give ideas. And it's something you can do in growth groups. And with what we're suggesting is that, and growth group leaders, I think, have been prime with this, is that afterwards meeting up as growth groups to have, say, a drink and hot drink or whatever, mince pie, and just share what God's been doing and to encourage one another. So if your growth group leader isn't already telling you something about that during the week, uh, get on to them and try and work, work it out. Because I think it's one of these things, if we're going to leave it to one individual to organise, it's not going to happen. It's something where we need to, together, be changing our culture so it's something which we do naturally and we encourage one another in doing it. Which doesn't mean the elders won't come and sort of uh, prod every so often on it. And I think it's one of these things. We, it's not, changes of culture don't happen overnight. They go in steps. But, so we can see that over a period of time, God is using us more in praying for our town and then seeing things happen. And when we're out, God might bring us across somebody who we can offer help to, might bring us across somebody who we can pray for healing. You know, we can be asking God to uh, bring people across our paths for such things. So that's what we're going to encourage us all to do next Sunday, is particularly into the new estates near where you live or your growth group is, to go and do some prayer walking and but let's just not make this a one-off thing let's try and develop it into our sort of lifestyle so that each week we are praying for parts of the town as we're going through them and pray that we'll really see God up moving because I just keep getting amazed particularly these last two or three months where we've been praying for particular groups of people like prodigals like people searching and we've had people come in now okay we haven't seen people stick as much as we'd want but God has started answering those prayers so let's not think that the prayers don't uh, have any effect together some resources as well this week that um, we'll send out which can be helpful to just get fill out I have no idea what to pray
think what Mike said is really good actually. Grab someone, speak to them, uh, maybe go out into. I mean, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he didn't send them out in ones, did he? But he also didn't send them out in big groups. So it might not be the best idea to growth groups all together, going around together all the time. Times it might be good to do that, but, but actually, there's something about going out in twos or threes, isn't there, which is very biblical, and Jesus says it for a reason. Um, so I'm just going to, if you've got your Bibles, if you want to open them to Joshua 1. So being the start of Advent, and Advent means arrival, or the term can be used specifically just to signify the start of something new, this being the first Sunday in Advent, I think is a, a fitting time to pick up on what Mike's just shared, actually. And we, we've had some, some prophetic words in the past that times this as well. I've specifically picked some that all came on one evening, just because it was easy to put them together. Um, so this was at enough a couple of years ago. I'll just quickly read through some of these words. If you're looking for a title for today, Arise and Go. I think would be a good, a good one. So, someone had a word for us about the fragrance of Jesus filling this new building and changing the atmosphere and a specific connection with worship. That God's going to be bringing in strategic people um, and people of peace and influences from the new estates for us. That there's going to be a real sense of the presence of God among us in such a way as like bees gather to, hunger, to, to um, honey. And the word aroma being a real key. And someone brought a word for us about a honeysuckle and this fragrance idea again, an aroma being similar to bees and to honey. Uh, and actually, as we prayer walk over Faversham and particularly the new estates, God will fill, his place, fill that place with his, with his presence, with his fragrance. Someone else had a word for us on the same evening, saying that Faversham is yours for the taking. Then Joshua 1.3, I will give you every place that you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Someone else had a word for us, that I was reminded of Brogdale, the national fruit collection and orchards there. And I felt that these new housing developments would be like new orchards and God would bring fruit from them. The fruit will be diverse, like in Brogdale. So there, just almost this wonderful thread of different things all coming together. These are all people from outside our church, um, but felt like God had things for them for us. And it feels like there's just been a number of things, and as Mike shared, kind of culminating in the prophetic weekend we had a few weeks ago, where it feels like God is just drawing a load of these things together and like saying, now is the time. Okay, now is the time to start moving forward on these things. So imagine that you heard God clearly speak to you and you, just like what Barry did, and it says, arise and go. What would you do? Maybe you get your diary out, and you're looking like, okay, well, I'm busy this week. Busy next week. Yeah, from next, yeah. actually, next November. Yeah, in about a year's time. That's looking good. I've got some gaps there. Okay, so arise and go. Right, where am I going? Okay, it's a good question. What am I going to do when I get there? How long will it take to get there? How long will I be there for? Okay. okay, so God has spoken about this, and so let's give a lot of time to prayer and to thinking these things through, etc. Now, they're all really good questions. Or, and if you, have, if you feel that God gives you clear direction or something like that in your life, I'd probably actually point you to a lot of those questions and say, okay, let's, 
let's, like the Bible tells us, doesn't it, weigh and test things. Like actually, prophecy, we need to weigh, we need to test. There is a weighing and a testing that needs to go on. But also, sometimes we get a bit stuck because we're looking for all the answers to all those questions when God's actually looking for us to start moving first. Actually, when we look at the Bible all the way through, there's, there's never this... When God's speaking to people, he's kind of revealing steps. And there might actually be... Sometimes there is more of a clear, well, this is the vision, this is the place you're going, but I'll show you the steps along the way. And sometimes God's just like, I need you to start moving. And there's this, this saying, isn't there, that you can't steer a stationary boat. But the boat needs to be moving in order to be able to steer it. And I think there is something that God's doing among us at the moment as a church. And I know I have to be careful. I can want the, this is the polished, finished thing of completely where we're going and how, and then this is the set how we're going to get there right now. Let's go. And I really feel like the, the way God is doing things among us at the moment, that he's kind of wanting us to start moving, but stir things along the way. If that makes sense? Start speaking into it along the way. So are we ready to arise and go to the place that God will show us? I phrase it like that because Abraham was 75 years old. Okay? So this is for all of us, from the youngest to the oldest. And he heard the call of God to go to the land that God would show him. Okay, so it would be easy then for him to be like, okay, God, where am I going? Where am I going? Where am I going? But actually, in the account that we see in the Bible, bless you, in the account we see in the Bible, Abraham didn't wait for details. He didn't wait. We see in that moment, he, he gets up, he gathers all his people together, his household, his possessions, and they start moving. And along the way, he goes to different places, and God speaks more into the vision and the calling upon him and his life and the blessing that will come through him to the world. <coughs> but Abraham had to go. God is calling us as a church to prayer and action. The two go hand in hand, a bit as I said earlier on. God is calling us, stirring us to, to give ourselves in prayer. But he's also calling us to act. To be doing things. I love the fact that I'm hearing more and more among us as a body, people saying, I, I, see, that, I see there's like, there's an opportunity here for us as a church. We could, we could serve here. We could, we could do something here. We could bless the community here. And, and oh, there's another opportunity here. We could, we could do this. We could, and many of those things are kind of embryonic at the moment, but it feels like God is starting to stir within people things where we can be proactively going into our community and doing things. And that's really good and that's really important. But without prayer, that stuff won't really end up having any kingdom impact. Okay? But if all we do is pray, well, we're not really going to see many people come to be saved, are we? Because Paul says people come to know Jesus when they're told the gospel. 
that makes sense? If people don't go and say, no one's going to hear. And so these things are important and they go together. And I really think that the word call is significant for us at the moment. I think God is saying, I'm, I'm calling to you. It's not a time of staying within these four walls. It's not a time of saying, actually, for us, church is around where we gather here and where we do growth groups. But, and maybe prayer meetings and etc. Actually, I think God, God is saying is, your name is Fabrician Community Church. It's time to be in the community. It's time to be in the community. But we've got to do it in a way that involves prayer and walking with God. Okay? There's, there's, so there's, there's not, like I say, it's, it's not like there's this... I mean, even if so God revealed to Moses, didn't he? Like, this is the promised land. This is where I want you all to go. This is what I'm going to do. But then we see on the journey into the promised land and through the promised land that when the people of God kept listening to God, kept walking with him, kept following him, God's kingdom was coming and change was there. But when they kind of got caught up in their own ideas and say, okay, God's already said this, so we're just going to go and just do it, things went wrong. Okay? And God, God's done... God works in such a way... Well, he doesn't just send us to go on our own. The Great Commission, Jesus says, I send you, I send you, you go in my name, but I am with you always. And it'd be, if I was to take Phil, can you stand up a second, Phil? There we go. And if we, if we go on a walk together, and if Phil starts talking to me, it doesn't matter, just say anything. <laughs> okay. If I'm just ignoring him the whole time for the rest of my life and he's with me for the rest of my life, it's a bit odd, isn't it? It's a bit odd. Or for me to not even talk to him would be very odd. Do you know what? I love going for walks with people. I love for few, uh, you can sit down if you like. Actually, I'll hopefully hit no chicken. No, um, what happens when you're on a walk with someone? You get to know them more, don't you? Even people you've known for a long time, you grow even more together. And I've done a few walks where they've like been 100-mile walks for charity, and I've done them with people that I've not really known at all. And you feel like you've bonded with them by the end. And there's, there's a difference. And God is calling us to walk into Faversham together. And one of the things Mike was sharing is, it's amazing seeing what God's already doing there. And God's saying, I am doing stuff here. Come and walk into it with me. Come, come and be a part of it. But we do it walking with him, listening to him. And as I'm speaking now, I kind of just felt God put this in my heart. There's, there's a stirring among, amongst us, particularly some of us, where there's almost like a holy dissatisfaction. There's like, yeah, yeah, come on, like, come on, come on, I've been thinking this for ages. Come on, come on, we've got to get going, we've got to, we've got to do this. There's a new thing God is doing. And I just feel like God would just freshly say, now is the time to arise and go. Now is the time. And we can ask the question, but what is God doing? 
But what is God doing? And I think, like I say, it's a, there's things God's revealing now, and there's more things and more details God will reveal along the way. But if we turn to Joshua 1, so hopefully you've made your way there if um, you've got your Bibles. <coughs> I'm going to read through there. I've not made my way there. I'm in Hosea for some reason. I think I'm going to read up to verse 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, My servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over into the Jordan. You can see that, for us I think, as signifying as there was an old season, it stopped, and there's a new season, time to go. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Uh, sorry, I missed a bit. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the... Uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand against you before all of your days, for all of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause his people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do everything according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God will go with you. So we'll read slightly further. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people, prepare your provisions, Within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Now it won't come up on the screen because I wasn't planning on doing this. But if I turn to Matthew 28, to the Great Commission, it says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In many ways, it's very similar, isn't it? God is saying, Go. Come on, there's somewhere that I've, I'm preparing, I've prepared a place for you. Go. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Going to Joshua, back to Joshua, be careful to do all that I've written for you. There's similarities, isn't there? There's something about the importance of knowing God's word, of knowing his thoughts. I mean, sometimes we go through difficult things and, and uh, we can ask the question, okay, what does God say about that? And then we think, I don't have a clue. <laughs> Whereas actually, if you want to know what God says about it, we need to be a people 
who meditate on God's word day and night. And it says, if you meditate on his word day and night, you will be blessed, you will be truly happy, and you will be prosperous wherever you go. That's Psalm 1. Here, Jesus is saying, come on, wherever you go, teach people to obey my commands. And my commands are not burdensome, they are light. And in Joshua 1, it says, come on, be careful to follow my word and to obey and you'll be prosperous. There is something about being a people who meditate on God's word. And now, the Hebrew word for meditation means to speak or to mutter. And actually, so what, what God is calling us to do as part of this is actually be a people that actually do read his word, do speak it, and do mutter it to ourselves and think about it, basically. It doesn't mean I need to spend hours and hours a day glued to my Bible, but it's saying, actually, spend time with God's word in such a way where you carry it in your heart and you think upon it, and God will bring life to you through it and to those around you. So there are four things I'd just like to quickly pick up on very quickly from this passage. So who is to go? So in verse 2 it says, Now therefore arise, so he's talking to um, Joshua, God, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am given to them, to the people of Israel. To the land that I am given to them, to the people of Israel. Okay, it's a community, it's a thing for the community together. It's not the leaders, but it's actually the people, the nation, God's people. And we see, don't we, in the New Testament, Jesus is the true Israel, and we are grafted into him. We are his people together. And God is calling us together to be his light in Faversham, to see his kingdom come in Faversham, to bring his hope to Faversham, to bring his peace, his love, his joy, his freedom. I mean, my take on society right now is that many people are hopeless. It, it seems like, actually, there, there is, and people, people would understand that, I think. People would say that and engage with that. Actually, we have hope to bring. Each and every one of us have hope to bring. It's not about ones and twos. It's about us as a community bringing hope together. How are we to go? Verse 3 says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. How, how, how are we to go? It's really interesting that this specific phrase, every place that the soul of your will tread upon, I have given to you. So it sounds like God has already done something, but yet we are to do something to see the proof of it. And this specific verse has been given to us again. I mean, I've just been given a wad of prophetic stuff for us as a church and it's not all in date order but the, the earliest that I've found so far is, goes back to 1996 I think it was uh, and like I say I've not looked for it properly I've only had like literally two minutes and interestingly there's a few bits in there about Joshua and this passage and about going and about every place we, every place we put our foot God will give to us and I think 
Okay, what, what does that mean for us in our immediate context? I think it is, let's physically prayer walk. Let's, as a, almost like a prophetic declaration, say, okay, we're going to change the way we think, as Mike was saying, and we're going to start purposely praying as we're walking around Faversham, seeking for God's kingdom to come. We're going to be purposely looking for opportunities to serve people, to love people, to reveal Jesus to people. <coughs> and we've also had a number of words recently about there are lots of dormant seeds that just need a bit of water and a bit of light and then growth will start to come. And, and so I'll say for all of us and I know that for some of us, I guess walking might not be our primary, primary mode of transport anymore. That doesn't mean actually we can't still just pray at home. If that's, if that's, what, if that's what's right for you, that's, that's fine. That's totally fine. But I think there is just something where God's wanting to shift how we think and to be proactive, to have this mindset that everywhere we're going, the King is with us. To be praying... And also asking, it's not just saying, God, let your kingdom come. It's saying, God, what are you wanting to do here? God, what are you wanting to do here? How can we... And I think there will be things that arise up, which are for that maybe two or three people within the community are to give themselves to, but we support as a church. There'll be things to come up which maybe actually all of us can physically be more involved in. And there'll be, and there'll be lots of different things, if that makes sense. But there's something about we're all, God has called us together as a body to be here in Faversham. And we're all gifted in different ways. And God wants to use all of us, if that makes sense. And what that looks like for each of us is going to be different. And that's not something to be where we compare each other in a negative way. It's to be something that we celebrate and be like, that person's gifted there and they're bearing fruit there. That person's gifted there and they're bearing fruit there. And do you get what I mean? We're, this is a community thing together. So we go together. Thirdly, when do we go? Verse 2 again. Now therefore, arise and go. We saw Joshua. He heard God speak. Now is the time. What did he immediately do? He went and got the officers among the people. Go and tell the camp, prepare, and we go. And within days, not weeks, not months, not years, but within days, the people are mobilised to start moving forward. There wasn't time to be making fresh preparations, to be freshly doing things. It was this sense of, God has spoken, so we go. Okay? And, and I think for us, there is this sense of, let's, let, let's, just, let's just do it. Actually, even just the starting of prayer walking doesn't, or praying more, that doesn't really involve much resource, particularly if, it, if your starting place with it is, so walking into town from my house, I don't usually pray, I'm just going to start praying. That. And maybe one day a week I say, I'm going to add 10 minutes onto my walk and go this extra way round and pray here. It, it doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big cost, is it, if that makes sense? 
But what did we see last week? The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. And God says that he loves to hear us pray. God delights in it. He actually wants to make us joyful in prayer. And I know some of us think, oh, okay, that feels a long way off. But, but there is something about that, that God wants a people who are joyful in prayer. And we can be joyful in prayer as we pray with Pharisee because freely we have received. And freely we can, we're looking to see God's kingdom blessing come. We're looking to see God's love come. Fourthly, the crossing. So, now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. So the people had to cross the Jordan together. The Jordan was actually a barrier that was in the way. Sadly, there is an enemy. And the enemy doesn't like it when he sees God's people freshly stirred in who he is and who we are in him and freshly stirred in seeing his kingdom come and seeing God's kingdom come. The enemy doesn't like that. And I imagine that on, on times where we look to go out, there's going to be things that crop up. There's going to be things like maybe... Maybe it rains or it's extra cold. Or maybe, actually, something crops up that could so easily take your mind for the next day. Do you, do you get what I mean? Like when something happens in life and it, just, it, and it, it almost demands your attention in a way. It's, it's calling out to you in a way. And there's going to be things which... which which are going to be difficult and challenging to get over and to push through. But God is promises that he is with us. And as we look to him, he will get us through. And even with Israel, it's crossing the Jordan. Actually, God is the one that made a path. I mean, they had to physically step into it. And actually, the way they stepped into it was, in essence, in a way of worship. And God allowed them to cross on dry land. And then the very first thing they come to was Jericho. A massive fortified city. I wonder how many of the Israelites, when they were walking around Jericho, thought, what's really going to happen? I mean, they were walking around in silence as well. It wasn't like... Yeah, there was nothing that resembled warfare in an earthly sense, in that. And yet, God calls us, God calls, he says, that the, the, the we would not fight flesh and blood, and the weapons of our warfare have strong power to demolish strongholds. And actually, what God is calling us to do, is do what the Israelites did, and they walked, and they walked with God, round the city, round the city, round the city, and then the strongholds came down. And actually there is something significant in us starting to walk around Faversham in prayer, looking to Jesus and to his timing and acting when he says act. And life is going to come. And freedom is going to come to people. So in conclusion, 
This is an end, I think, of an old season. And we go through seasons, and sometimes we go through mountaintop experiences, and sometimes we go through wilderness experiences. But I just feel like God would just say, this, not in a bad way, but in a good way, this is a new season. This is a new season. And it's time for us as a community, everyone significant to arise and go. We're not going to know everything now, but we're to walk closely with God, to see what he's saying, and to walk in what he's doing. And there will be resistance, and there will be barriers at times. But God is with us. He goes before us. And as we walk with him, as we abide in him, we can be confident that we will bear much fruit. For it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear much fruit and that your fruit should abide. That whatever you ask for in prayer, I may give it to you. God, I thank you that you have caused us to be your people in Favisham. I thank you just for those pictures of your kingdom that we were, we were reminded of earlier. Lord, about your kingdom being like a tree that, that, that has far-reaching that brings like a shade to people, a place of rest for people, that brings life for people, that brings food for people. And we just pray, Lord, that as we start to proactively step out in, in prayer walk in every place we put our foot across Faversham, we pray, Lord, that it will be like your kingdom coming like that tree, like it will be growing, Lord God, that it will be a place of life for everyone in Faversham. Lord, thank you that we are Faversham Community Church. And I just pray that let us be a church that is really integrated and knitted in and spread among our community that brings love, hope, peace, joy, that reveals you. Amen. Amen.